Very good morning, um, ARPC Church at Bishan. Uh, thank you, uh, Dix, uh, Deacon uh, Brian, for your leading of service. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, may you be pleased to use your servant to speak your word clearly to your people this morning. Open our hearts to receive it and obey it to do your will. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Uh, this morning, our preaching series is uh, focusing on prayer. Or oh, sorry, this month actually, not just this morning alone. Yeah, and we are learning to pray by studying Paul's letters. In fact, this morning we'll be learning from Paul on how to have an attitude of thanksgiving in a thankless world we live in. Thanksgiving in a thankless world we live in. Now, a quick brief on the context of uh, this letter to the Colossians. Paul was writing from home or house arrest in Rome. And Paul himself came to know of this group of believers through Epaphras, a native of Colossae. And he was writing this letter wanting to ensure that the believers in Colossae were firmly established in their faith and that they will be continuing to remain faithful in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul was writing this letter to them to confirm, to strengthen, and to establish or stabilize their faith. Okay, so the first point, if you are following the outline on the bulletin, thanksgiving to God for gospel fruit. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Now, a quick lesson about praying or prayer from Paul. Do you notice that Paul was praying for the Colossians believers whom he had not even met or known before? They were praying for what he see God is doing in their midst, through their lives. Now, I must suggest to us that we can likewise be doing the same thing, even though we have not seen any of the people that we may be praying for or haven't met them. What am I talking about? I'm trying to suggest to you that you can do so by using this, our church prayer bulletin, which we always uh, publish every month. And in fact, I want to tell you that in this prayer bulletin, you'll find prayer requests for gospel work both locally through ARPC and overseas through our missionaries. But better yet, why not you join us for the monthly church prayer fellowship held on the last Saturday of the month, be it in person, which is held in Adam Road, or via Zoom. Okay, just a quick lesson here. We always thank God when we pray for you. Now, besides Paul expressing his thanksgiving to God in this verse 3, I'll show you a slide. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, he says in his prayer for the Colossians that they will be giving thanks to the Father. The next one, in chapter 2, verse 7, Paul is exhorting the Colossians to abound in thanksgiving. And next, in chapter 3, verse 15 onwards, verse 15, it says, And be thankful, 
Then the next verse, verse 16. With thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Next one. Giving thanks to God the Father. Now, surely by now we should realize that Paul is showing to us that thanksgiving or thankfulness to God is to be one of our Christian characteristics. It's to mark us. We must note Paul's frequent thanks, thanksgiving to God comes from him recalling how the Colossian believers have experienced the grace of God whenever he prays for them. And do you note that Paul was not in the best of his times or situation, being under house arrest in Rome. And yet he modeled for us what he wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, question. How often do we come to God with hearts of thanksgiving whenever we pray? How often do we do that? Let us never cease to recall God's abundant grace and mercy towards us sinners and so daily give Him thanks. For if we fail to do so, it's okay. We can always begin anew and call to mind God's grace so that we may respond always with thanksgiving. For it's a right and deserving thing to do for our merciful and loving God. And now let us see what is this gospel fruit that Paul is giving thanks to God for. Verse 4 to 5. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Now I have highlighted it for us. Faith, love, hope. These three are the true marks of gospel fruit in a Christian's life. Paul is assuring the believers in Colossae that he has heard of their faith, of their love, and of their hope. Their faith is whereby they are looking back to Jesus' saving work on the cross and his resurrection. Their love is looking up to Jesus who has modeled for us the way of sacrificial love for one another. And lastly, their hope is looking forward to Jesus' return and all that is in store for us as believers. In other words, the faith that the Colossians have, their love for the saints, and their hope. All these three have been made possible through their receiving of the gospel, as we'll see now in the following two verses. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you. Since the day you heard of it, and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learn it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. 
So let us recap these verses 3 to 8. What Paul thanked God for was that when Epaphras went back to Colossae, sharing the gospel, they heard it, they understood it as the grace of God in truth. And because of the hope which the gospel spoke of, they came to faith in Jesus and to love God's people. More than that, just as the gospel was bearing fruit among the Colossians themselves, it was also happening in the whole world and increasing. And that is why, my brothers and sisters, Paul was constantly giving thanks to God because the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing. Question. Are we in a habit of giving thanks to God because the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing? Or are we too busy with our own lives to notice what God is doing, be it in our midst or beyond our shores? May I suggest to you that again you can pick up this, our church prayer bulletin, or even join the church prayer fellowship. Because then, by doing so, you will be made aware of what God is doing both locally and overseas. In fact, I want to highlight to you that you can be praying for gospel work here through ARPC because in all the pages of this bulletin, you will see that it will be mentioned for us what are the various outreaches and ministry that we have locally here in ARPC. And of course, overseas, where you can be praying for our missionaries like Singi in Taiwan or Chelsea in Japan and many other cross-cultural work both here and overseas featured on the last page. Like what I will say to you here is I will see uh, Adult of Dawn Ministry, Rhoda Fellowship, Tabita Fellowship, Myanmar Outreach Ministry, Cambodia, Myanmar Ministry besides the earlier two I mentioned. And of course, uh, praying for the Philippines as well. In fact, at the Church Prayer Fellowship meeting last Saturday at Adam, North Korea was featured on the front page for prayer along with the repeal of Section 377A, as well as our discipleship prayer focus on our discipleship group, and even a mention on the Mandarin Ministries Mooncake Festival outreach event that took place yesterday here right here in Bishan it's all featured here on the front page so in other words I'm trying to promote all of us to join our church prayer fellowship now looking back on the last 10 years since we have um, gone to the Philippines as uh, OMF missionaries in 2011 sent by ARPC to the Pearlie and I are truly grateful for the many prayer supporters who labored with us in prayer. We want to thank all of you from bottom of heart for covering us with your prayers for the gospel work God was doing through us. And we are most privileged and thankful to God to be able to share the gospel with the Muslims there. And indeed, your prayers have bore fruit as we can assuredly or certainly tell you that there were at least two genuine converts even before we left the Philippines last year. So, brothers and sisters, I want to highlight to you 
we ought to see what God is doing both locally and overseas and we ought to be praying for God's work for indeed the gospel is bearing fruit both locally and overseas next slide asking God for one thing this is the next point and so from the day we heard we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding the one thing that Paul is asking God for is simply this that the Colossian believers be filled with the knowledge of God's will now question is what is this knowing of God's will but I must state that it has nothing to do with one's decision in terms of things like knowing who to marry which job to take course or school to be enrolled in or where one should be staying and so on those are not what Paul is focusing on regarding God's will God's will here is not referring to some special personal insight into God's guidance for individual Christians so why is Paul making this prayer request then? well, God's will concerns God's great and gracious purpose for the whole of creation where Jesus Christ is at the very centre of fulfilling it for, next slide God's will, it involves how all things were created for God's beloved son Jesus we see that in this Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him next is God's will that, it, that all of God's fullness dwell in our Lord Jesus and we see that in Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and next slide it is God's will that it is to reconcile all things to Christ Jesus making peace by the blood of his cross we see that in verse 20 of 1st Colossians and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross so in other words my brothers and sisters God's will is found and expressed in the good news about Jesus let me say that again God's will here is about the good news of our Lord Jesus and that's why Paul is praying that the Colossian believers know this reality and to know it well to know it fully and completely for to know God's will is to know Jesus his son in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 for the gospel is the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints to whom God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is Christ in you the hope of glory Christ in you Christ in you here speaks of how Jesus has taken hold of a person upon conversion via his Holy Spirit 
and so gives the person the assurance of a future with him in heaven so that his or her, her faith is being fed by this hope, being developed along with love for fellow saints. In other words, it's this hope of the gospel that speaks of believers being presented before Christ as holy and blameless and above reproach, such that it will give rise to faith and love. Paul's prayer is that believers might know Christ Jesus, that they might grow in Christ Jesus, that they might understand Christ Jesus, in whom is all the fullness that God has got to fill them with. Let me say that again. Paul's prayer is that the believers might know Christ Jesus, grow in Christ Jesus, understand Christ Jesus in whom is all the fullness that God has given and gotten to fill them with. Question. Do we pray for our children, our spouse, or for one another that we grow daily in our personal and experiential knowledge of our Lord Jesus? That we are to be rooted and built up in Him. And that's a prayer that Paul is praying for. And we should pray for ourselves the same prayer as well. For to know Christ is to find the key to understanding all things that leads to spiritual wisdom and understanding. And this spiritual wisdom and understanding, it talks about humbly and sensibly living in God's world as God intends for us to. Let me say that again. This spiritual wisdom and understanding, it means to be humbly and sensibly living in God's world as God intends. For you see, wisdom in Scripture is always about knowing how to live rightly before God. And this is only made possible because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Biblical wisdom that only stays in our head is not wisdom at all. If it does not show itself in practical living of our daily lives. In other words, if I know, I will show. And that's what Paul will go on to talk about in verses 10 to 12. Next point. So as to obtain one purpose. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him. Now the one purpose of Paul's prayer request they mentioned in verse 9 is that the Colossians may live a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. What does this word worthy means? Worthy means to be fitting with or matching. In other words, a believer's behaviour, lifestyle and character are to be fitting to the behavior, lifestyle, and character of Jesus our Lord. Let me say that again. Worthy means to be fitting, and a believer's behavior, lifestyle, and character are to be fitting to the behavior, lifestyle, and character of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul can write later on in the same letter of chapter 3, verse 13, that believers are commanded 
to forgive each other. And the basis of that command is, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So our lifestyle, behaviour, character must match what our Lord Jesus himself does or did here on earth. And finally, everything a follower of Jesus does is to be found pleasing to him. And that's the goal of being filled with the knowledge of God's will. The knowledge that leads us to Christian maturity and living a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing to Him. And so, resulting in four things. Our next point. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The way that brothers and sisters, believers in Christ, can walk worthily to please Jesus is found in these four characteristics. Number one, bearing fruit. Number two, increasing. Number three, being strengthened. And lastly, giving thanks. These are actually four participles in the Greek text. And so a life pleasing to God involves bearing fruit, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened to joyfully endure, and giving thanks for our salvation. Now, what is the logic here? How does it flow? It flows this way. If we want to bear fruit in good works, just as the gospel itself is bearing fruit, then we need to be filled with the knowledge of God's will, which is the gospel. We increase in our knowledge of God as we increasingly understand His will as shown in Jesus Christ our Lord. It is that same gospel, gospel will of God, which strengthens us with God's power that will enable us to patiently and joyfully endure as His followers, as Christians. And finally, being filled with the knowledge of God's will, it will enable us to do what? To give thanks to God our Father for all that He has done for us. That's why in verse 12 to 14 it says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, do you realize something? Verses 12 to 14 reminds us of the key aspects of the gospel itself. It is saying that God the Father has willed us believers to have a share in a glorious inheritance and that He has delivered us from the dominion or the kingdom of darkness. And God the Father has willed or ordained that we be transferred into this kingdom of Jesus his beloved Son, so that we be saved and be given 
forgiveness of our sins. This, my brothers and sisters, is the glorious gospel. This is God's will. And it's such wonderful good news for all of us as believers. It is the gospel that gives us hope, that produces faith and love. And as we grow in our understanding of this precious gospel, we'll grow in good works and we will deepen our love for God the Father and our Lord Jesus and for one another. And by the gospel, we'll be empowered by His Holy Spirit to patiently and joyfully persevere in a dark and thankless world and so that we may overflow with thanksgiving to God for our salvation and the forgiveness of our sins. This is the message that we are to receive. This is how we can be giving thanks to God in a thankless world. Let me close by reading from a Facebook post by a dear brother in Christ in NRPC, which I shan't mention his name, but I saw while I was preparing uh, this sermon. I read, quote, I had a rough week at work and I'm humbled by how God exposes my sin and pride in my life. I wonder if this was God's way of sanctifying me through pressures of life, at times rather painful in the midst of it. Knowing how sinful I am, questioning what is the point of all these trials. But thanks be to God, as I was graciously reminded of how He brought me to repentance, humbled at His feet, nothing to cling on but His love and grace alone. I was reminded of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that, pressure, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. End of quote. Oh, sorry. I was too quick. I skipped one more. Balik, uh, This one more portion, I, I must continue. I haven't finished my quote yet. Okay. Here, the last paragraph. Praying that we may be found faithful in all trials and seeking God in things. Seeking our God in things. And truly, the Word of God endures forever, not in books, but in the hearts of faithful men and women of God. Quoting from Isaiah 40, verse 8. Okay, this end of quote. These words here shows me evidence of someone whose heart whose mind has been shaped by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And for that, I rejoice and give thanks to God our Father. Truly, we can be having hearts of thanksgiving in a thankless world when in our hearts and mind we have the gospel shaped by it, strengthened by it, such that we may give glory to God alone. Now let us go to God in prayer. 
giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. God, our Heavenly Father, we want to give you praise and thanksgiving for what you have done for us in and through the work of Christ Jesus our Lord. In and of our own efforts in various ways, we could never measure up but only fall short of your glory again and again. We thank you that in Christ Jesus, you have given us everything we need to be qualified to share in the inheritance of your sins in the light. Please produce in all of us a deeper and deeper assurance of this glorious reality that is ours as your children, whom you have delivered out of darkness into the marvellous light of the kingdom of your beloved Son. For in and through Christ Jesus, you have given us salvation and the forgiveness of our sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.